Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 47 through 52. Please rise for the Gospel reading. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. It's great to see you all today. Starting today, we begin a new sermon series for Lent, based on the book of Luke and also based on the Adam Hamilton's book on Luke. We are reading through the book of Luke over next 40 days. On Ash Wednesday, the 40-day reading plan has been sent out through email blast. But if you have not received it, um, these copies are available in Anarthus and also in the fellowship hall. So please grab one of those and take it with you so that you can read the Gospel of the Luke, Dream Lent, and follow along with the sermon series. Just note that each daily reading will take less than 50 minutes or less than just one chapter. So it is manageable. So I strongly encourage you to read the Gospel of Luke during Lent. There are four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, except John, the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic Gospels because they share the similar stories of Jesus. Each gospel is written for a, a particular group and tells the stories of Jesus and his ministry in slightly different ways. For the gospel of Luke, as the name suggests, the author is Luke. And many scholars agree that the gospel of Luke was clearly written for a Greek audience, as indicated by the uh, I'm sorry, instruction of the book to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Diabilius. Although Luke never saw Jesus in person, he was considered one of Paul's traveling companions. And as you know, Luke also wrote the book of Acts. As a physician and historian, he carefully wrote about Jesus from his birth to his resurrection, putting great effort into recording everything about Jesus. My appreciation for the Gospel of Luke is that, that Luke portrays Jesus as the one who came to lift up the lowly and touched many broken 
people's lives, like the outcast, the poor, the marginalized, and the sick, and the sinners, and it brought them to salvation. And Luke carefully attends to the details of Jesus' life and ministry, and how he relates to ordinary people like you and me. So through the Gospel of Luke, we find many stories that tells us how God chooses and uses the unlikely people to accomplish God's purpose. And during Lent, each Sunday, we discover how God, our Lord Jesus Christ, brings <coughs> the good news of God's kingdom to those who most need to hear. So I hope everyone join our sermon series during Lent. Let us pray. Lord, as we embark on this journey through Gospels of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, open our eyes to hear, our hearts to receive, and help us to see you, hear you, and ultimately follow you. In mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's imagine you're playing with other kids in the town at the park. It could be any game, soccer, football, basketball, or baseball, whatever game. A team coach arrived and gathered everybody together, announcing that he would like to select kids for his team. You might hope to be picked first or next. You are saying, pick me next, pick me next. However, there are always those one or two kids who are picked last, or even worse, never chosen. And we always hope it is not us. However, sometimes it was like these kids from the movie called Little Giants. When you hear your name call, I want you to go over to Coach Bud, and I want you to pick up your jersey. Coaches are so cool. For everyone who has waited to be chosen, but is still waiting. For everybody who has dreamed of being somebody, but is still And now imagine another, another team coach arrived and their first choice was the scrawny and awkward kids that no one else wanted. With each successive choice, they chose the next worst player, forming a team of unlikely kids who are destined to be losers. In the movie, Little Giant, it was Becky 
who was rejected by Coach Kevin, although she was good at football because she was a girl. She later convinced her father, who always felt inferior to his brother Kevin, to lead the team. Probably you can guess what happened to this team made up of those unselected keys by Coach Kevin. Yeah, in the end, this unlikely team became the championship team by winning the last game. How cool, yeah? This is what we see happening in the Gospel of Luke. God chooses and uses the unlikely people for God's purposes. Some have called Luke's emphasis the great reversal. Luke's gospel starts with God choosing the very old couple, Elizabeth and Zachariah, to give birth to the prophet who would who would prepare the way for the Messiah. And the very young girl named Mary as the mother of Jesus. Today's gospel lesson is a portion of Mary's Magnificat, the song that Mary sang to praise God when she met her cousin Elizabeth. When she heard Elizabeth's blessing upon her, as the God-bearer, Mary began to praise to God of his faithfulness and then spoke of a word sheet according to God's intention. She said, God has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Undoubtedly, Mary, both Mary and Elizabeth were unlikely to be the father of the John the Baptist. I'm sorry, the mother of the John the Baptist and the mother of Mary. In Mary's case, when the angel Gabriel delivered the news that she would carry the baby Jesus, she was just a preteen, probably 13 or 14 years old. What's worse was that she hadn't married yet. If the, her society found out this fact, that would bring her great dishonor. And additionally, she came from a town named Nazareth and also from a poor family. If you read John chapter one, verse 46, it says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? From this, we can assume that Nazareth was looked down upon by the people of Israel. While Mary was still in shock about the news she would conceive a baby who will save the world. Angel Gabriel shared another amazing story about her cousin, Elizabeth, 
who had no children since her marriage, but was now in her sixth month pregnancy. If you read a few paragraphs before Mary's Magnificat, you will read a story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. The angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah when he was serving in a temple, and it told him that his wife, Elizabeth, would carry a baby soon. But he said back to the angel, how it can be since my wife and I are very old. And Mary's response was similar. How can this be since I am a virgin? But the angel Gabriel told her that there is nothing impossible with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Elizabeth and Mary are examples of great reverser stories that demonstrate how God lifted up the lowly and used them for God's glory. But that's not the end of the story. After Jesus was born, his parents, Mary and Joseph, took him to the temple to have him circumcised according to the Jewish law. While they were there, they met an old man named Simeon and an old lady named Anna, who was a prophet. And then the Bible says she was 84 years old. God prepared, God had prepared these elderly folks, Simeon and Anna, to bless Jesus and proclaim the greater work that God would bring to the world through Jesus Christ. And we also see God choosing all the people in the Old Testament. God gave a son Isaac when Sarah was 90 years old and when Abraham was 100 years old. And God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of the slavery in Egypt. Moses was 80 years old. Again and again, God chooses and uses those the world might regard as old to accomplish his greatest purposes. Please don't think that those stories only happen in the Bible. It still happens in our current lives. Unfortunately, our current society often value the nimbleness and energy of youth while undervaluing the wisdom and the knowledge of those who are older, largely due to the technological advancements. A recent study shows that the most adults over age 60 have experienced uh, some form of ageism. These days, those who try to change jobs or seek employments after their 60s or even in the middle of 50s often face difficulties because employers prefer candidates in their 
20s or 30s. Conversely, being too young can be also this other this advantage. Because younger folks may be considered immature or lacking the necessary life experience to lead or contribute meaningfully. So that being said, ageism affect in both directions. However, God still chooses and uses both young and old to accomplish his great works. Here at Hills AUMC, I see it every day. All the adults make up most of our volunteers in nearly every area. They faithfully attend the church, willingly give their time, generously share the wisdom, knowledge, and faith. They lead committees, participate in ministries and missions, serve in a food pantry, coffee hours, sing in the choir, lead the Bible studies, teach the children, and mentor others. Without them, we can survive. So thank you. One remar uh, remarkable example is, who is sitting right here, Sylvia Kleister, who is 99 years old. <laughs> Despite losing half of her vision and facing challenges with her health, she continues to attend the church, participate in mission and ministry, and she still volunteer. Last month, while she was in the hospital, she expressed feeling like she had to live too long. But I reassure her that God still wants her and God still has purpose for her. And in fact, she's a great inspiration to many of us. Amen. So we are. <laughs> so we are deeply grateful for her presence and her service. At his UMC, we also witness how God uses our youth and the children. Since the pandemic, our weekly worship services have been live streamed through Facebook. Our tech ministry has greatly relied on youth and young adults. We are thankful for your time <laughs> and their ministry and their service. And our youth like Greg and Juliana and also um, the Donnie who are sitting back and other uh, young adults and youth, they also volunteer in worship and music ministry and the food pantry. During Christmas and Volunteer's Day, our Sunday school children and youth made care packages for the homebound, spreading God's love. And our children's choir bring joy and positive energy to our church monthly. Brothers and sisters, in God's eyes, no one is unworthy. 
whether you are old or young or somewhere in between. God sees each one of you as worthy. And God has chosen you to do greater, greater works for his kingdom. Just as God chose Mary and Elizabeth and lifted them up, God calls us to lift up the lowly as we follow Jesus Christ. If you are willing to humble yourself, I'd like to invite you to respond to God's call in your life like Mary did, saying, here I am, Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Are you old? Wonderful. God is choosing you. God is not finished with you yet. Are you young? Oh, there's no one young? <laughs> Terrific. God has chosen you for your team. Have you faced struggles, rejection, or humiliation? Or do you feel like your past hold, holding you back? Please remember, our Lord Jesus loves you. He'd like to lift up to do greater works for his kingdom. Conversely, if you are among the powerful, the worthy, and revered, know that God loves you and wants you too. God wants you to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, knowing that God desires to use your knowledge, your resources, and your influence to lift up the lowly. Amen. <laughs>